Brandon Bruce Lee was an American actor and martial artist. Lee is also known for being the only son of Bruce Lee and his accidental death during the production of his breakthrough film, The Crow. Lee's father was an iconic leading man in martial arts films, who died in 1973. Lee followed his father into both of the fields, trained martial arts with some of his students, and studied acting at Emerson College and the Lee Strasberg Theatre and Film Institute. Anyway, on uh, this episode of the podcast, what I'd, I'd like to talk about is I'd like to talk about an actor who uh, had so much potential, a world of potential, was on the cusp of becoming a really huge star before his, uh, before his life ended uh, tragically in an accident while on set. Um, I'd like to talk about Brandon Lee. Uh, Brandon Lee, uh, is, a lot of people might not know this, but Brandon Lee is the son of famous, uh, karate legend, mixed martial arts, Jeet Kune Do creator, Bruce Lee, who also died very young. Uh, many conspiracies around his death, uh, being that he was poisoned for showing the Westerners the, uh, the the jeep the karate like the style of uh com hand to hand combat in, in uh China, which they didn't want them teaching the Westerners their their way of life or anything that they that they knew it was like a it's like a disgraceful thing, it was a disgraceful thing. I don't know if it still is, but you never know. And um, basically, what happened was, uh, Bruce Lee moved from China to the United States and was the one that was like the very first to introduce a form of karate into the American mainstream, North American mainstream. Started off like anybody else with small classes and built his way up. Um, And he has a son named Brandon Lee who also grew up uh, being known, I don't know known, but like they wanted to like sell him as a, they wanted to sell him as a, uh, as a mixed martial artist, or as a martial artist, we won't say mixed, because it was not a term of, uh, relevant term back in that, that era, and, uh, Brandon Lee was, uh, able to, um, you know, Brandon Lee made a, th- a couple of, a couple movies, um, uh, my favorite movie with Brandon Lee and the one that was going to be the one that was going to catapult him into stardom and which did catapult him into stardom, which he unfortunately didn't get to experience because of the fact that he died while filming the film. Um, it's The Crow. Uh, he played The Crow in the very first Crow movie. Uh, I don't know if you haven't seen The Crow. I, I suggest that you take the time to uh, go out and watch the film because uh, it's one of the best films I think that has a it's one of the most underrated underappreciated films that's ever been made. Um, he was in another film called Showdown in Little Tokyo, where he kind of put on his own uh, he kind of put on his own show of his own uh, mixed martial arts ability and stuff like that. And 
for me, I think that Brandon Lee was is like a is like a is like a Heath Ledger type, a River Phoenix type. They're like really great actors that never got to uh never got to uh you know, grow or make it to the the levels that I'm sure that they were picturing in their life. Um I think that like had the crow had the option to have Brandon Lee in the sequels, I think that one of two things is always going to happen with sequels. One, they're going to be really great. It's going to uh, expand the universe of what you're trying well, of the of what you're trying to create, or two, it's going to demolish the universe that you tried to create, as we saw with the Matrix films. But what's funny, an interesting fact as well, is that Keanu Reeves was not the original. Uh, selection for Neo in the Matrix. Um, he was actually approached afterwards. Uh, the first person that was actually up for the Matrix to play Neo already signed on, was getting ready to shoot it, would have been would have been ready to shoot it after the conclusion to the production that they were already included in was, in fact, yes, you guessed it, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee was supposed to play Neo in The Matrix, but um, unfortunately he never made it. He was not able to uh, fulfill that obligation due to the fact that he passed away uh, shooting the crow. And if every... I don't, I, th- I think that, like it's kind of sad that like his the whole legacy is based off the fact that he died filming a movie and not the fact that he was a skilled actor and he was a skilled uh, martial artist. And I feel like his father will always overshadow him when his name comes up just because of who his father is. I mean, when your father's Bruce Lee, I think that that's like a hard name to like eclipse on your own, you know? But I think that Brandon Lee had a lot that he had to offer that he never got to, uh, he never got to, um, showcase for the people because of the fact of what happened on the set of the crow as as you uh, people might not know this uh, so this might be new information to people so hopefully if you're listening you're enjoying and uh taking something from this but uh he was on the uh, set of the crow it was uh towards the end of the film and the scene in question where uh, he was uh, where the accident happened. Um, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, maybe, but may, it's not spoiler because I'm not telling you exactly what happens. But anyway, um, he would, the character, the crow in the film, Eric Draven, would jump up on a table and a gang of men would open fire on him with multiple guns, and then he would fall off the table. According to legend, it is at this point in the film when he fell off the table is when Brandon Lee died. Because he was hit with a plastic bullet that was not cleared by the stunt stunt producers, and... Basically, what happened was they left the bullet in the gun unknowingly, is what they say. But 
There's also conspiracies around how uh, Brandon Lee may have been assassinated because of the fact that he was Bruce Lee's son and it was punishment for, uh, even though he was dead, it would, it would be punishment for teaching the Westerners the uh, martial arts that China had kept a secret for many, many generations and as an attempt to secure and protect their way of life. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty deep, though, if you have to go that far to, like, prove a point. Like, I understand that you're mad at Bruce Lee for showing some people a few kicks and punches, but to kill his son? Man, that's on some deep shit, you know? But, um, apparently what had happened was the bullet came from the gun hit Brandon Lee in the chest and pierced him, pierced his heart. Uh, the fact that there was no dil- like due diligence or whatever the word is for that, um, a little bit more thorough of a inspection of like the props that they were using, it kind of seems like a little strange, a little weird. Because you think that with a shooting scene that there would be like a thorough check of the equipment that's being used. Uh, in the film, when the because it's a pretty dangerous, I'd say it would be a pretty dangerous. Uh, I'd say it'd be a pretty dangerous scene to shoot. Uh, very expensive scene to shoot, if you know anything about filmmaking. Uh, I can imagine that even editing that scene, like because basically what happened with the crow is that in the end. They ended up using uh, an actor who kind of like had a very similar look to Brandon Lee. And they just used at that time, which was, you know, far beyond what anybody thought was possible in film, especially with technology, was they just used technology to continue the film with Brandon Lee. The last part of the crow is not Brandon Lee. It is a fill-in actor. And a lot of uh, editing and post, post-production post tricks at the time to kind of give you the illusion that you were still watching Brandon Lee in the film. And the crow is one of those films still that, like... I couldn't see anybody else playing The Crow. Like, I wouldn't... And that's why it was so hard for me to, like, watch other films uh, made with the, with the with the name The Crow, like uh, City of Angels and all the other ones that were... that they tried to uh, go after, after after making a successful first one. And the fact that it has a cult following, because The Crow wasn't necessarily a, you know, over-the-top success... But it became one of those films that once it was released on VHS or DVD or, you know, at that time, I believe it was VHS that was, and DVDs were just coming out in the, in that, in that time frame. Uh, it became a cult classic, just like films like The Boondock Saints and uh, even Anchorman. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Anchorman wasn't, I don't think the Anchorman was as, much of a commercial hit as it was supposed to be. Uh, 
because people simply just didn't uh, didn't get it until they actually watched the film. And that's kind of the thing with The Crow. Like, it's really dark. It's really dreary. It's really, uh, it's really thrilling. And it's kind of like a idea that's been um, explored before, but it's like an idea that they don't explore often, like the fact of reincarnation or being able to just come back and take care of the people that hurt you hurt you and hurt your the one that you love uh it's like it's a love story um that is it's a very downplayed i mean what would you do for the one that you love is basically when i watch it i think to myself of like what lengths would i go to to protect the ones that i love or to gain vengeance on those that hurt them and the crow is a really great example of that um, and showing the limits that people will go to for issues of the heart. Um, but like I said earlier, Brandon Lee was is like one of those people that he's like a Heath Ledger type. He's like a River Phoenix type. They never got to flex their their next muscles into what could have pushed them into like well besides with the exception of Heath Ledger really because. Uh, Heath Ledger did win posthumously. He won the uh, Best Supporting Actor for Joker in The Dark Knight, which was the first time that a comic book character had ever won an Oscar award or uh, even been nominated for one. So Heath Ledger definitely, I think the, the sad thing with Heath Ledger was that he didn't get to see his his success, much like Brandon Lee never got to enjoy the success that came with uh making the crow now interestingly enough as i mentioned uh he was the one that had originally signed on to play neo in the matrix and i think that's really interesting because like the matrix would have looked completely different with brandon lee playing uh neo not saying that keanu reeves didn't fit what uh fit the criteria of how to play of of who to play Neo. Uh, I, I feel he did about as good of a job as anybody probably could have done besides Brandon Lee. I think that Keanu Reeves definitely, because if you remember with Keanu Reeves too, he was one of those guys early on in his career who didn't want to get typecast as a uh, typecast in, in certain roles because um, if you remember with the movie Speed, he where he played the the cop that was on the bus, keeping the bus going, all that stuff. They wanted to make sequels to that. They wanted to make Speed a franchise, and Keanu Reeves uh, used that as the excuses to not want to be in it because of the fact that he didn't want to be typecast in uh, that type of role or be known just for that type of role, which he did a 360 on when he was cast as Neo in The Matrix because he was in all three movies. And he will be reprising his role in the fourth installation of The Matrix, which is set to come out at some time in, 20, in the 20s, as, we, as I'll call them now, the 2020s. I believe it's 2022, I'm not sure. But with everything that's happened with COVID and 
it's put a really like hard uh, press down on like any type of production or film that's being made. So it might be, it still might be a long time before we see The Matrix Four. Uh, I just think that Brandon Lee would have been like he just had this aura about him. Uh, the sound of his voice. I just feel like he would he was like the better version of Keanu Reeves. I don't. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be no Keanu Reeves if Brandon Lee was around, but I would tell you that I bet you that most, because what happens with auditions in films is they audition the actors that they want. They, uh, it's usually like 10 to 20 candidates and they narrow it down over time to, um, to the, to the ones that they, they really want. And I guarantee you, uh, that Brandon Lee and Keanu Reeves would probably be the the two pieces of paper that would be sitting on the desk and the casting agents are debating over which one would be better. What I just feel like Brandon Lee has an intensity that Keanu Reeves isn't able to capture. Because uh, even as John Wick, I don't find that Keanu Reeves is like, you know, I wouldn't look to him as being the guy that would be able to kick everyone's ass kind of thing, right? And I mean, I don't, maybe that's because of the lack of martial arts training, or maybe I'm biased because of the fact that I know that Brandon Lee has, like, the best training that you possibly could have gotten from the best uh, trainer that you possibly could have had in your life. But I do think that that makes a difference. I do think that it makes a difference in how... they would be able to uh, uh, portray the role because Keanu Reeves has that quiet confidence, but Brandon Lee also had that quiet confidence, but you didn't, you weren't guessing whether or not, you know, is this guy legit or not? Because you just have a, a feeling that, that he is. And, if you watch the other films that he had been in, like, he'd only did, like, two or three movies, which is so tragic because of the fact that, like, he definitely had so much potential to be so much more. Um, even in the, like, the low, low, the low-cut, low-budget, if you will, type films that he made, where it was kind of just like that, you know, uh, candy-to-the-eye action film. Uh... He uh he definitely showed that he had the chops to pull off or be able to be a leading man in a film, and I think that like by him taking the crow was definitely like a um it was a a risk in itself. I think I think that he knew that it was a risk in itself going into it, and I feel that you know. I don't think that I I think that's what you know what any artist out there will tell you that the best thing that you can do when you're making or or trying to create art or trying to be in in a business like that is that you can run towards what makes you uncomfortable because what makes you uncomfortable what scares you will show you things that you never knew about yourself or ever thought could be there. And uh, I think that by Brandon Lee taking that film and doing that, uh, 
showed how much of a... I think it showed the how, how badly he wanted to become an actor. I think that it showed that he really wanted to make it in Hollywood. He really wanted to like live up to that legacy of his father, who was also in Hollywood, and was treated uh, differently because of the fact that he was Chinese. Because at a certain point in time in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 60s, in all those time eras, it was hard for Chinese actors to... There wasn't even... There was not many Chinese actors, and if there was, they were they were typecast for a particular type of role. And it was a stereotype. It was a very brutal stereotype. And Bruce Lee definitely wanted to try and break that, which he did um, by becoming uh, as famous as he did playing... KO in the Green Hornet. Uh, he played that for five seasons, the television show. And he also, what a lot of people don't realize is that they don't, you don't, it's sad, man, because like so many people have had so many great ideas and they've just been taken from them. And just like Brandon Lee was taken from us and taken from the world way too early. And, uh, you know, what's sad was that if you remember a television show back in the 90s, back in the 80s called Kung Fu, um, that was a Bruce Lee uh, idea. He he came up with the original concept for Bruce Lee. For uh, Sorry, Bruce Lee came up with the original concept for Kwai Chang Kang to play in the in 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 a in a television show called Kung Fu, and I believe I can't remember if he wanted it to be a movie or if you I'll have to check up on that. But uh, he came up with the original concept for Kung Fu, and because when they pitched the show to NBC or whatever, because uh, that's that's the the television network I remember it coming on. Uh, he was not picked for the role because of the fact that he looked too oriental is what he was given as as reasoning as to why he couldn't play uh the title role in a script or film that he had uh per, he he came up with and as we all know for people that watch the show the person that ended up playing Kwai Chang Kang, the title role in that film, in that television series later as well, was David Carradine. And we all know what happened to him. <laughs> okay, maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't nice. Maybe it wasn't nice. But whatever. We're still we're still we're still vibing, right? We're still vibing. But um I just don't know. Like I, 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 I see the Matrix being. I mean, had the movie still been in the idea that it was when it first came out? Because I remember when the Matrix first came out, it was like so revolutionary. People were just like losing their shit over everything that was happening in it. Like when he could stop time, and it was just stuff that 
now people are just used to, but back in 1999 or 2000, 20 years ago, we, it was like unheard of to see or, or think that any of this stuff was possible. And, uh, I mean, yes, it made, it made Keanu Reeves' career, I think. It was one of those things that, but he also didn't miss the, he, he tried not to anyway, he tried not to miss the train on this franchise, which in essence kind of sucked because, you know, we all know that the only good Matrix movie was the first one and the other two were not, were not as good, not even close as far as story and everything else. And I don't even know if many people that have watched the other two. Uh, I, I certainly haven't. I never watched the third one because the second one just, just gave me, I just didn't like it. But do I think, you know, that if Brandon Lee would have been in the second one or the third one, I just really think, I do really think that the films would have been different uh, had Brandon Lee been in, in them. I really feel like he could have pulled and brought like a, you know, like a, an intensity that you kind of that that people could root for, not that Keanu Reeves didn't do that, but at the same time, I do feel that you would it was like you had to work with Keanu Reeves films. You have to kind of like work up to it. With Brandon Lee, I just feel like you're already you're already there. You're already you're already ready to root for him. Like you with. With Brandon Lee, you were kind of like, you kind of see the guy and you're just like, I don't know, like this guy looks pretty, pretty intense. I don't know what he could do or not. And then out of nowhere, he's kicking people's asses and just, just doing what he does best, you know? Uh, But I stand by my point where I think that if Brandon Lee was alive to this day, that, um... He he would probably be playing John Wick, you know. I I think if Brandon Lee was alive, he would be playing John Wick. He would have got a lot more of the roles that Keanu Reeves got, and I feel like we would have seen Keanu Reeves stick more into the comedy realm. Uh, but he did make Speed, and that's what sets him apart from Brandon Lee, because he did show that he could play a role where it was like an action role and pull it off as a leading man and so did Brandon Lee but Brand- but I feel like I feel like Brandon Lee's um role was more of a gamble if you're trying to start a career in acting and I feel like you know he would the speed is like a big box office thing the crow was not a big box office like production I don't think that it was like you know they didn't want they weren't going into it thinking, you know, we're going to make a... They were hoping that they were going to make a lot of money. I think that with, you know, Speed, for example, I keep harping on Speed, but Speed, for example, was almost kind of like... It was too... It was almost like written to be a success in the fact of... Just for the fact of, you know, look at the cast in itself, you know, it had a very strong cast, like... You have um, Keanu Reeves, you have Sandra Bullock, you have Dennis Hopper, you have Jeff Daniels. The Crow didn't have that same luxury. It was basically based off of, you know, what Brandon Lee was going to be able to do. And 
I feel like he took the weight of the picture onto him and he carried it very gracefully and he definitely made it he definitely made the the film what it was and I just think that you know had Brandon Lee lived we would be seeing you know him in a in a lot of those roles that Keanu Reeves was uh and I'm like don't want to sound like I hate Keanu Reeves I did for a little while but I actually like Keanu Reeves now I think uh He's definitely really underrated and he's underappreciated. But I definitely think that if Brandon Lee was around and I mean if you want, like I, I, I well I I I welcome people to, you know, take the time to Google who Brandon Lee is, learn his story, learn about his family history, and um just watch some of his films. If not any, watch The Crow. Because I feel it's like one of those films in history of cinema that, like, I just feel a lot of people should see. It was just so unique, so different for the time, and just inspired so much in the artistic community once and other mediums of entertainment that uh, I don't think that Brandon Lee thought he would have uh, such an effect on. I really don't. I feel like, you know, he took that really trying to get out of the box of being Bruce Lee's son and trying to be different and trying to show off that he could be an actor and trying to be and to be the leading man. Like I said, he never had the luxury of a of a huge cast in that film. That film was basically put on his shoulders and he was told and he's basically carried it until, well, the unfortunate happening of when he was shot on set and killed which is unfortunate. It just it it just really makes you like wonder like, you know, with like people that are, that are gone now and like what what they could have had left to offer, you know, or the people that were cut too short, like what they had to offer, like that kid that was on uh the film Grown Ups, that young kid, the middle kid, that Adam Sandler's son in Grown Ups Cameron something. Um, I feel like he was a really talented comedic actor on the rise. And then to hear about him passing away, that was very tragic. And there's been so many, so many great talents that that's happened to, you know, like, and then there's been that, those talents that lived on and just, they did what they did. And you wonder what would have been left for them. Like, that's what I always think with Bernie Mac. I always wonder what Bernie Mac would have did had he had another 10 years? Like, what would he have done had he had another 10 years? Because it seems like a lot of them, like, they all end up on this thing where they end on, like, this lull. Like, it's a lull note. Some, uh, some well, For some of them, like, like John Belushi, he, when he passed away, he, his, the movie that came out after his, uh, death didn't really do him any favors in regards to notoriety for being an actor, you know, um, John Belushi, uh, John Candy, John Candy was one of those ones that I just wish, you know, what would we, what more, like, because I'm left to think with John Candy is like, what more could have the man done to be greater than he already was, and he died very young, he was only 43, you know, not, like that's really sad. Like Sam Kinison, you, like 
I know lots of people. And I know a lot of comedians. I'm a comedian myself. And, like, you talk to anybody that has done stand-up comedy or knows stand-up comedy, they know who Sam Kinison is and, like, the gigantic star that he was um, back in the 80s. He was just, he was huge. He was huge for the culture. He was huge for the movement. And he he really put stand-up comedy in, a, in, the, in, a, in the headlines. And he was, like, one of those other ones, unfortunately, that left the, left the world too early. But you wonder, had Sam Kinison lived, what would a movie career of Sam Kinison look like? He had, like, we had, uh, he was in one film with Ron Dangerfield, and, uh, he, he, he got a little notoriety from that, but, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, like, when you see, like, these brilliant actors that, um, come out and basically we lose them to her like that guy from Star Trek I can't never remember his name I don't know if anybody sees this could you inbox me what that guy's name was that he played in Star Trek he played the uh the mechanic I think he was the mechanic but uh then you got like guys like Chris Farley like Chris Farley to me still is like the one that rips the, the heart out the chest if you ask me because um Chris Farley was just next level greatness like that people don't understand, won't understand. And uh, I really wish that we would have had like another, like for what he did in seven years, I wish we would have had another seven years to see what else he would have pulled out, pulled out of the hat, uh, if you will. Because, I mean, he was, he's still like, like if you watch old interviews with like Adam Sandler and David Spade or Norm Macdonald or any of those guys, those guys all say that Chris Farley was the was the funniest guy to ever live, and had he not passed away, he would be in he would be the guy that would be in those small roles in Adam Sandler films or maybe even get a bigger role in an Adam Sandler film, and I just feel like that whole entire group lost a lot of energy when they lost Chris Farley because I mean. He's just incredible, 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 next level. Uh, just really sad when that stuff happens, you know. And it's been—it's not just been a a thing of my generation, the time that I've lived. I, this is like stuff that happens throughout the course of time because history does have a tendency of repeating itself, and it does repeat itself over and over and over again. And there's no mistakes by these people, like, of, like, what happened with these these individuals anyway. Well, besides, you know, some of them, like, had, like, their drug addiction and some of them had their own inner demons that they had to, to battle each day, like we all do. And, uh, but I just, I always, I always think about that with, uh, especially Chris Farley, you know, and that's why I, like, started this started this podcast was because I like talking about the uh talking about you know things that I like I, I like movies I just I've always loved them and I like talking about movies like in their like how they turned out but I also like to talk about what could have been 
And this has given me, like, a, a, an amazing opportunity to do that. And I think by anyone who's trying to, like, learn art or learn how to be great at something, you have to look back at the history of the ones that have already done it before you. Identify what's made that what made them stand out from the rest because that's what it takes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it takes. It takes standing out. It takes standing out. It takes being different from the entire crowd, being different, not being just another part of the herd. It takes. It takes a lot, and especially in this time, it takes a lot to. Uh, to stand out and be original. Because so many ideas have been explored. So many templates have been created. Uh, so many so many conversations have been had. So much stuff has been capture, captured on film. And especially in the time that we're living right now. Where it just seems like everything is being recorded. Everything is being recorded it's even harder to stand out as a unique uh, a unique member of of the of humanity like people like you know uh Heath Ledger Sam Kinison John Candy Chris Farley and the list goes on Brandon Lee who we've been talking about for the majority of this uh podcast uh But uh, getting back to uh, but getting back to it is just you know you do have to be really different and it's always been something that has uh, that has been part of the criteria I feel of being able to really because you have to catch people's attention in a way that their attention's not been caught before and I feel that. Brandon Lee did that in The Crow. Chris Farley did that in Tommy Boy. John Candy did that in Uncle Buck. John Belushi did that in Animal House. I just... That's uh, that's the remedy to success, is, is uh, learning what your differences are and using them to your advantage. So I'd like to thank anyone who is tuned in to the live stream of the of my podcast what could have been hosted by yours truly Rick McGray remember the name please subscribe to me on Twitter at Rick McGray on Instagram at Rick McGray like my page on Facebook Rick McGray and subscribe to my YouTube channel you guessed it Rick McGray and if you want to listen to the audio part of this podcast You'll have that option on Anchor, and once it's posted, uh, th- I use Anchor, and once once it's posted on the other podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can have the pleasure or unpleasure of listening to these podcasts. Um, again, I thank everyone for the time that taking to listen to me. If you have, I wish you nothing but the best in the world. I hope some positive energy finds you, and I hope that you get the greatest news that you can get today, and I hope that your life changes for the better, 
And I hope that you never give up on your dreams. Find me around any comedy uh, show in Halifax. (coughs) Oh, choked on my words. Excuse me. But you can find me around most comedy shows in Halifax, Nova Scotia. If you're ever in town, feel free to walk up. Feel free to introduce yourself. Feel free to say hi. I'm not a I'm not a mean guy. And uh, again, I want to just thank you all for listening. And until next time, and we can talk about what could have been. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of What Could Have Been with Rick McGray. Please like, share, follow, subscribe. Send me questions. You can find me on all social media platforms on Facebook at Rick McGray, on Instagram at Rick McGray, and on Twitter at Rick McGray. I'd love to hear from you and thank you for listening today.